0: From the birthplace of modern winemaking, Sonoma, California, welcome to the winemakers. Local experts Sam Couture, Bart Hansen, and Brian Casey, along with host John Myers, invite you to listen in as they discuss all facets of winemaking.
1: So sit back, pour yourself a glass, and let's hear what the guys have to say this week. Wow double
2: stereo pour stereo baby, pour <laughs> did that blow your mind is
1: that is this your subtle way of saying there's too many wines in this release and we need to hurry this show along like i'm start pouring <sighs> pouring them twice pour double time
2: i i didn't say that at all sam <laughs> not not at all uh, maybe it's nope. just maybe hey, i'm just feeling welcome self-conscious to wine. <laughs> welcome to the winemakers i'm john myers with Bart Hansen. Sam Katori and Brian Casey got everybody here today for new releases.
1: Hell yeah, I'm showing up for this. New releases, yeah. <laughs> baby. Uh, I want to acknowledge start 16, start this show by acknowledging um stealing this idea directly from our friends at Bedrock. At Bedrock. This is something I learned in our Bedrock universities. We're gonna do a a release show, and we're gonna just go through the seven wines uh, and talk about them, but. Good. That's the idea. But we're going to use volutin f- metaphor only, John.
2: <laughs> well, you know, I just saw that article that you posted from the Financial Times, and it was really interesting. It was about using new descriptors. You know, the older, older right. descriptors are dead. They're Sorry. a little boring. Uh, and when you can get into some, uh, let me even read a few of these. This is for a rosé from a... Uh, Rosé Ex Machina, 2016, England, 60 bucks, 60 pounds. A jolt of electricity, defiant, like a bullet to the heart. Now, I've never heard a wine review quite like that. Or soul-searching bitterness embroidered in its saline succulents. Ooh. I, think I, I think I dated her in college. Saline uh, succulents <laughs> or soul-searching bitterness?
1: Soul-searching bitterness.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I wow. wonder what kind of wine that
2: is. That was the Contra Sorda Pendio 2018 IGT Veneto 26 oh, okay. pounds. Okay, Vinca, yeah,
3: some, Vigta, Vigta. yeah, The salinity
1: was the one that kind of threw yeah. Me. yeah.
3: <clears throat> I don't think of typically white wines being soul soul-searching. searchingly
1: soul searchingly bitter.
3: Yeah, but
1: hey, pick it
3: a little early, I guess.
1: Yeah, I, it's, a, <laughs> it's a vintage thing, Brian. I guess. so.
3: I mean, I think it's um, you know the I I think the
2: the aroma wheel and and the typical flavors you know will never go away um i understand like in oh, yeah, media, what would
3: they teach in w set yeah, exactly we'll, <laughs> right, exactly <laughs> but
2: but i mean it is it's always going to be a conversation of the type <clears throat> of fruit something tastes like or what it reminds you of and um i you know that's pretty flashy and for those people who have um a certain vernacular, vernacular, vernacular. <laughs> I like to write a vernacular, but I think I'm talking about vernacular. Vernacular, yeah.
1: vernacular. Um. I no, use, we um, used to have a
3: '68 vernacular. <laughs> this to, is with on, a as on brand. As you oh can man, get, man,
2: it's on brand as you can get. I don't <laughs> no wonder if everybody has a good time listening to this <laughs> yeah. show, man. I like it though, John. I, I
3: hate using terms like boysenberry and saddle leather, and the thing what I love about it is Pencil that not shaved. everyone's palettes are the same. And so what? And I know we've talked about this before. When you say a wine tastes like something, and then the person that you're pouring it for doesn't taste that they feel like there's something wrong with them. Right. But when you put it in terms of emotional um
1: it, about a feeling then everyone can mm. get into that. You know, the 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 grandmother's house, grandma's cooking whatever the, you know, whatever the um that taste and smell that ties you to a memory emo- or a moment or an emotional thing and and if you you know, have said this a thousand times, you come into 16600, I don't put tasting notes on our menu for that specific reason. I'd rather you find that moment um, on your own. Well, it's not too different And then it's real. Soul-searching yeah. moment. S- soul-searching yes. bitterness. <laughs> <laughs> I think we've I all felt know. soul-searching bitterness sometime yeah, in the last two years. I right?
2: D- I just don't know that I want my wine bitter and soul-searching
1: you know uh it implies complexity right well and and that's and that's the the whole point of this article and and maybe we can try and make it the point of this tasting podcast uh is to avoid the blic the blick the balanced length intensity complexity uh, or concentration um rubric matrix uh but if you can get there Without saying, well, this wine had good balance, medium length, uh, you know, front palate intensity and great concentration. Um, If you can say that with like, you know, uh, taking a walk through the woods on the morning after it rained um, and get all of those things in one sentence. I don't know. It makes
2: it you can. I see no reason you can't.
1: Right. And wine writing can be so boring. And that's what this point of. I think this whole art is it can be so boring. It can be so trite and uh wrote that um in the end it does everybody a disservice it does the consumer a disservice it does the producer who made those wines a disservice i i think um so
3: and i don't know how people like jeff i'm just singling out jeff dunnett because he's a friend of the podcast but man tasting 50 wines and having to come up with descriptors of all of those wines for me is (laughs) is rough I that's why I like what we do here and I like knowing the people that make the wine because I can talk more in terms of the people yeah. behind the wine than the specific, but but that's maybe that's just not doable for people like that that they
1: I mean when you're just trying to produce a certain volume uh, you know <clears throat> all that said um I uh, more often than not, and I think you know, COVID kind of changed a lot of this. But you know, the first time that we tasted with Jeb, the first time we tasted with Aaron Brooks, Galoni, um, you sit down at a table with your lineup and are able to sort of talk through each of them. You know, a lot of the, especially like Jeb, to a certain degree, but in a very different way than Galoni. Certainly, they keep it pretty close to the vest when they're tasting through. Uh, Aaron Brooks was just just had a good time. Um, you don't really know exactly how it's gonna be. You know what the numbers are gonna come out and what the tasting reviews are it's gonna, gonna be. be positive. But it's you yeah. know you at least have some sense. But yeah, when you send in samples and a you know of no. an Excel document that you filled out with what each wine was and you know kind of some like fit in an Excel an Excel cell. Uh, you know in a spreadsheet cell how you made the wine and you know something interesting about them for about it for them to read while they're going through a hundred wines a day yeah i don't you know that's certainly it's terrifying and i don't know how much it really serves anybody it
2: takes all the soul out of the wine completely yeah
1: yeah, when you put your wine in a spreadsheet it definitely yeah (laughs) and just it just
3: furthers the whole thing right now that people are craving experiences rather than
1: yeah you're right
2: so what's the experience behind this rosé that we're drinking right
1: so yeah because it's beautiful Th- thank you it's um it's 2021 rosé agale that's what we're calling it um and this goes back to like the first rosé we ever made and this was like sort of uh a, 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 in 2009 2010 jeff baker at stone edge farm it was kind of like a Kitchen sink sort of deal And we didn't have a name And we had just Come out with the Homage galet From, mm-hmm. from uh, You know uh, From Chuck meaning uh, Of rocks, rocks. Okay. So um, You know I wanted to kind of Roll with that In 2020 If you'll recall We made The North Coast Grenache Rosé Which was basically Rossi Ranch Steel Plow Vineyard And Oakville Ranch uh, And then we made 100% Rossi Mavedra 2020 Um, we wanted to do that again in 21. We made a a Rossi and steel plow rosé of Grenache, and then we had 100% Mavedra. And just the way 2021 was, and for whatever reason, they tasted better with the Mavedra blended in than it did on its own, um, the two of them. So we blended it in. It's like 60% Grenache, 40% Maved, um... You know, the Mavet is from Rossi Ranch, a little of the Grenache from Rossi, from Rossi uh, also from Steel Plow Vineyard, and a little vineyard, um, Bart stepped away, but it's in, it's in our neighborhood, um, the vineyard that's like across the street from Brocco's Barn on, on Highway 12. Right. Um, so this would be like first or second fruit from those Grenache vines that also have a little Mavedra mixed in there. Um, you know, my fall, fall rosé release. It's so good, though. Beautiful and especially, like, you know, it's not super cold right now. Yeah. I probably, you know, if I was kind of digging pointed, it, get more flavor out. Yeah. But think about it as like a fall rose, no. you know, your your Thanksgiving, your October flavor profiles, um, you know, not served super cold. Um,
3: some kiwi.
1: Some kiwi.
2: Yeah.
3: Soul searching
2: kiwi. Soul searching kiwiness.
3: Yeah. <laughs> I love the acidity. The alcohol is great
1: you know this was the the 2021 roses um was basically like me and jack over at magnolia trying to interpret what isabel was telling us to do cuz isabel had just gotten basically called home right last last august uh so trying to interpret her protocol with what we knew and what we had available to us um but I think, you know, I'm super happy with the way the rosé's turned out. The Tet rosé, which we had the other day with, um, with Adam Lee 2021, is I think the best it's been yet.
3: Um, yeah, and you didn't blow my skull and. Right. It's a, these
1: are a little more, you know, we managed a slight bit more restraint when it comes to um, the chemistry and,
3: yeah. the, and the alcohol. And the mouthfeel. And, um,
1: yeah, just like yeah. a little more, let's bring out the blick, a little more balanced, right? A little more... Um, Allowing for all of the flavors to develop in your palate, as opposed to just sort of like the that punch to the top center. Yeah. Um,
3: so this hasn't been released yet.
1: This will be. This hasn't been released yet. This will be. Uh-huh. We well, we poured it at the uh, Marty O'Reilly Vinyl Sunday mm. at Denmark Street and the Barn. Um, but it'll be in the fall. We're not pouring in the tasting room yet. It'll be in the fall. Phil sent me. So that's what all these wines is. You know, we're I'm supposed to be writing the letter. Right now, but I instead of writing the letter, I'm talking about it so that I can right. know what then the you, hell I'm writing about. Then you're gonna write it, yeah. <laughs> and then I'm gonna write man. it. Tried to do it the other way around, it wasn't working.
2: <laughs> How did you decide which is gonna be your lineup for this year, and when
1: did you decide it? Um, to be honest, like I, I'm always thinking about what the next release is gonna be. You know, we're we're we have so many different wines. Um, well that's the thing how
2: many different wines now
1: i i think we're in the like low to mid 20s as far as the skews per year um and always you know it's a a moving target too because going into if you asked me in december of 2021 there would have been a different number than what we actually you know the final bottling because we combined these rosés and you know doing different things with the zinfandels and stuff like that so it's always it's always a little bit of a moving target, but it's that low 20s. Um, you know, the bigger lots, couple hundred cases. Well, but, that's, but that, there's some that are, you know, they still have like the 50 case. Right. You know, 48 case lots Mujes. and stuff. Mujes. Mujes and the uh the, the We got so much land. here. <laughs> there's only so, there's only so much land and so many rocks. Um, but, you know, the, to answer your question, John, we put the final lineup together in a staff meeting, and um, I would like to say it's super analytical or like deliberate. But basically, I get put on the spot in a staff meeting, and we got we we need to know what the what the wine club is, and then I rattle off six or seven things, and then change it a couple times. Oh, okay, that's uh, but worse, it's you know then. it's a little bit about inventory, it's a little bit about yeah where the wines are at in their development. That's the um, thing, right? And and have you not? Have you pulled back on anything this year?
2: Is you going to save it for next year?
1: Um, or a spring release? Well, Super Tuscan. There's there's a super the 19 Super Tuscan. We I mean we're selling in the tasting room. We have it okay. available if you want to buy it still. Um, there's not a ton of it left. Okay, we I did, just don't it, see it in it, this lineup. Did, it's so. not. In, it's not in this lineup. Um, we did have it in the um the 20 the spring as like an, a spring add-on um we have it in the tasting and we it's the only wine we made in 2020 that's red wine so we have a 2020 version of it that'll be probably in next spring isn't that amazing what you just said
2: the only, the red, only wine- red wine you we, made in 2020 we
1: picked it the day the sky turned orange that was that was the day you know it was that morning you woke up and smoke had enveloped from you know Seattle to San Diego, and um, really anything that was picked after that, and I don't necessarily think it was the smoke per se, as far as like smoke in the skins of the grapes and the the sort of traditional classical sense yeah. of what we think of smoke damage. The sun going away for three days yeah. so intensely yeah. in the middle of September um, tripped up the plants. You know, there was weird things happening plant growth wise after that. Yes. Things t- started to go into to fall. Um, things started to grow again when it got clear. It, it was it was weird. So the only thing that we're putting out red wine wise will be that Super Tuscan in the spring. Just um,
2: it's just a strange situation.
1: Yeah. Now, you strange. know, it's and it's uh, that's so much part of um, the sort of calculus that goes into especially these last few and the next few Phil send me releases is how do we kind of work through the gap? Uh, Make sure that there's, you know, we're moving through inventory and getting wines out when they're ready, but also not having a point where we're like, we don't have any red wine to put into the, to the shipment. So um, it's juggling. I'd, I'd like to say, I wish it was more, strategic than it is but it's you know it's (laughs) sometimes the wine tells you you the wine tells you totally i mean that's that's um we can we'll talk about that so what's next um next is 2020 marsan
3: marsan
2: beautiful so did
1: you make any this year
3: no sir i was offered john I, i just didn't have the time to do it the way that i would have wanted to do it the first time so I was offered uh, some some juice or fruit and just I didn't want someone else to make the wine and me just sell it with my name on it so
2: well I'm sorry about that but you know what
3: one day next John year, I will get
2: back next year there's always <laughs> next it's like being a
1: cubs fan there's always next year <laughs> it's always right? next year that's right you get another chance
3: but this is one of my favorite wines right here
1: so this is um Simon's vineyard marsan Probably gets a little bit of Roussan in there. It's sort of like the the Simon's family and sixteen six hundred split the vineyard, and they want Roussan and mostly and mostly they want all Roussan with a little bit of Marsan. And basically, when they get what their program and they're, it's like a home, it's basically like the fanciest home wine making on the planet. Um, when they get their number. We get whatever is left out there. So you know, yeah. sometimes there's like a half a bin of of Roussan that gets thrown in, but it's um, you know on the label, 100% Marsan, 2020. Um, yeah, this was picked fairly early for us, 2020, oh, you're- uh, just because of the amount of heat that we had in. Don't talk in, dirty to me. In in <laughs> in August of 2020. Um, what was the heat level back then? Well, so I, I had a buddy actually uh, who. Um, was another weekend birthday so happy birthday brian brian's birthday was yesterday as, yeah, we, as we as we record um who reminded me that a year ago today or a year ago tomorrow maybe uh is when that lightning storm rolled through and started all those fires this the santa cruz fire the the napa fire the like you know uh russian river area with all those different names that ended up just being CSU and LSU, you you know, the LNU unit fire, whatever um, those were all ignited a week, you know, this week, two years ago, leading up to that event, we had had a like week straight north of 100 degrees, including one day that was like 117 or something like that. Um, So that was, you know, 2020 with it, with, with a wet spring, but early and then hot all the way through um every you know every day of that summer as opposed to this summer every day of that summer was like oh my god it's gonna be 100 degrees today um so you know when it comes to that like saving grace of 2020 if there is one um was by the time you know the smoke situation got truly untenable you know the glass fire um in sort of the worst case scenario uh, there was a lot of stuff that had ripened early because of that, really all over the state. Um, so you were able to pick some things before things got too terrible in the, you know, and weather they climactic. They department. did.
2: It was really nasty around here.
3: I think we're getting like two of our hottest days are going to be today and tomorrow. Today and tomorrow, and, and, the, and ninety-seven and then, tomorrow.
1: And which, again, compared to two years ago, is is ten we're to fifteen here, I degrees. Feel, I don't feel like, like total.
2: it's you know. Total. No, we're in shade mm-hmm. and it's really nice, and it's only about ninety-one right now. So, but it's it's it, it, no actually it's only eighty-one, going to ninety-one tomorrow, ninety-seven, mm-hmm. then ninety-three, then then down back again, back 80, into the eighties, ninety. Yeah.
1: yeah, I mean it's definitely like great. It's it's such great ripening weather right now. In well, you this said part, you we're of,
2: having some hard time with variegation.
1: It's it's finally kind of like made it through. Numbers are still really low as far as, you know, sugar and, and chemistry and things like that um, for most of the places that we're looking at. But, um, you know, this this week is going to push things a lot. And the fact that it'll push it and then cool back down and sort of like we could do that sort of like on and off the throttle thing for the next few weeks um, and keep the sky clear, I think, we will be in in really good shape for for 2022. Hmm. See what the, it's it's leaner than it's been in previous But still, videos. it's like a
3: girlfriend with a little bit of meat on her bones. It's right. got, you know. I think we're this we this is, this is not the Kate Moss of uh, white wine. <laughs> no. Not at all. <laughs> I like it.
1: That, no, that, there you go. That, that uh, There we go. Get we're, new... we're getting away from the blick. Yeah. Yeah. So I, there was that, I I'm reminded of uh, it. Like, when you say Kate Moss, all I think of is like the family guy where she, you know, they had like a Kate Moss parody and she was like falling through the cracks on the floor right she'd be like she'd be in the scene but you yeah, anyway no this is definitely um not the uh oh no, you can
3: hold this girl yeah yeah get a good
1: grab it's a good thing we edit so much it's
2: perfect yeah well, what do you expect yeah how on brand is that you know no, the Seriously? weight's great
1: the
3: flavor's great Did you guys ever talk about i mean i know sometimes you do when people come in to visit the the tasting room but do you ever talk about just in general on i don't know if we have on the podcast like how you guys actually get fruit or if you even want to talk about that like how is it you guys are basically growers you're i i don't think of you guys classically yeah. like enterprise vineyards is are is growers and that's what makes you guys so different from everyone else is that you're out there in the vineyard almost every day and so you get access to this fruit that you have intimate knowledge with but it, it's that's different from Everyone else who doesn't have their own vineyard, I out think that's in front Phil too. Property.
2: He's out there working with stuff. He has intimate knowledge yeah. of. He knows which ones he wants, and he's got such a relationship that I think that he's able to steal but a totally. little off the
1: front. Right? I, I mean, it's a little bit of all of that. On paper, um, at least going into the grow, into the harvest season, uh, on paper, the relationship between sixteen six hundred. And Enterprise Vineyards and the vineyards that we're buying fruit from look just like any other winery client, just like anybody else who buys fruit from the Rossi Ranch. Enterprise Vineyards puts together a contract for us that is actually a, a Rossi Ranch LLC or whatever the contract. Um, so, you know, on the letterhead on the contract that I sign or Phil signs is to the Rossi Ranch. It's to the Simons family. It's to um, whoever own you know oakville ranch um but sure we get to you know have a (laughs) have an upper hand when it comes to like for sure block selection fruit selection yeah you know where the good
3: stuff is man but and the same calling you and saying hey we're picking on
1: right tuesday no no phil's calling and and saying we're, we're picking next tuesday right um that said you know there's still like in all of these cases clients that um are important winery clients that um carry as much sway or more than 16600 does when it comes to what they're getting and when they're getting it and that's the way it should be but yeah so what you said john phil knows these vineyards better yeah, than just about anybody it. on the on the planet yeah. uh, except for the you know the people who work for him uh you know the the miguels and the juan oliveras and the Luis Davalos of the world um but, um, so, it, you know, we, tr- but you also like, again, you kind of be sort of diplomatic about it.
3: Right. But I mean, who else would get access to like this particular wine, this fruit, you know, it would be them or what would they do with it if you guys didn't pick? They it would up ask six six us six to time? find
1: somebody to buy it. Right. Right. I mean, that's, I mean, that, you know, that's tough. And for sure, when there's stuff out there that was unaccounted for, or you know, somebody drops out of the last minute or there's more than we expected, um, Will we jump on those things often? And it <laughs> blows up the budget and and changes all the dynamics of everything. But um wouldn't have it any other way. Yeah. Um, and you know, maybe we squeeze other people's contracts just a little bit to get <laughs> to fill what we want. But don't put that on the air. Oh wait, too late. Um, <laughs> all right. And m- case production on
3: Marsan is.
1: 125 uh,
3: uh, okay so most of it you think goes out to wine club members i mean um, um marsan not exactly your most popular in terms of yeah, sales people, don't, wise, people right? don't know
1: it you know right. it um most of it goes in the shipment um but when we pour it in the tasting room
3: it sells itself it
1: sells itself i mean it is we do it's moon mountain district it's an expensive vineyard to buy grapes from an expensive vineyard to farm yeah so it's you know but it's about fourteen dollars more a bottle than the than the Homage Blanc and the Viognier. So uh, you know, that sometimes you get some people who have a little sticker shock spending fifty dollars a bottle for white wine. Uh, but, that's uh, not that's not Chardonnay. But neutral
3: know. uh neutral barrels. Neutral barrels. Yeah.
1: But fermented in barrel. Right. Uh, fermented in barrel. Um Yeah. So the price
3: price goes up a little bit.
1: Yeah, no, the price is is um it's definitely fair i think yeah. <laughs> you no, can girl- probably think i should charge a more nice dress yeah what
3: are you gonna say totally she's not wearing yeah. her daisy dukes today
1: it's a good thing marie doesn't listen um no. <laughs> where should i go next i think we're gonna do the 18 val rossi next
2: i tell you this was beautiful mm-hmm. that's gotta be my favorite of the lineup so far the Marson, yeah
1: really john the, the not white wine drinking john i know i'm drinking he's, more he's because,
3: uh, changing you know how when people get old they have those uh those little candies by their recliner chairs mm-hmm. you know your grandma starts yeah, yeah, that's, yeah john's starting to get into those those white wines with a little bit of acid to him he's liking the feeling that he's getting in his mouth i think it's
2: yeah i am it's it's, it's, it's they're beautiful ones <laughs> <laughs> and i do, you know i've been that's drinking so much, i've been drinking so much more because that's what that's what joan drinks yeah. uh that's important too right <laughs> and you know if she's opening one i'm gonna drink it so the, if what's it's the, a good
1: the, one the samuel l jackson line in pulp fiction my girlfriend's a vegetarian so yeah, basically that me means me i'm a vegetarian, vegetarian. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: okay 2018 val rossi homage um james Joyner has joined us by the way he's over the
3: pick, picking his toes
2: if you want to just get in and start talking
1: about I mean you're technically a the next guest There's a, Bart Bart had an Bart, emergency Bart situation bailed. he's got his
3: he you might jump on one on of come, on. come on i noticed are you going to are you going <laughs> to you going to bring
4: you're
2: getting yeah. the wave over
4: man don't, come just on, don't right, don't, don't bring us.
3: that Snoop Dogg wine over here
4: oh i i was going to bring four wines and um i only had three i was and then I remembered someone had given that. That's been passed from like winemaker to winemaker, and then to me. And I was like, "This seems like the perfect opportunity to pay it forward." Is that one of the ones? Do you think? Is
1: that one of the ones where we like scan it with our phone and he starts? And he starts talking. Yeah. 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 Okay,
4: good. All right.
1: Uh, well, when are you guys gonna do that? I, you know, you, you
3: scan it, and uh, all of a sudden a Grateful Dead song starts well, playing. Well,
4: but so you <laughs> definitely get sued. We can then. make that happen. It's not that hard to do, but there we go you have to make that work you have yeah. to have the app
1: um you have to have the 19 crimes app yeah so and there's actually
4: like. a better way around mm-hmm. that using a qr code that'll just open a video yeah now so um and i think that technology didn't exist at the time right so now you can actually hide a qr yeah. code in an image.
1: you're not the first person who actually told me that we need to put a qr code on our label in the last week yeah, especially you, the can. You the can can's them. got a spot the for can it. can shit out, Yeah, and there's you can t- That's the thing now is you can like make them an image as opposed mm-hmm. to a block of yeah. pixels. You know, I love that this yeah.
4: microphone smells like wine. It's very. <laughs> it's very really <laughs> it could be the wine. Hopefully so. <laughs> it could be the wine. <laughs>
3: All right,
1: 2018.
3: So 2018. We're in 2022, Sam. So this has been
1: I, I, in barrel or in bottle. bottle. This has been in barrel. I mean, in okay. in bottle. Sorry, this has been in bottle. We bottled it. You know. Two years ago. This was bottled in 2020. Um, it's
2: a library wine. And
1: man. and in general, I've found the Rossi Ranch needs an extra year. Um, I, I'm Usually, I'm releasing the Rossi Ranch Grenache or, you know, homage a year after the rest of the wines. Um, again, but also part of it was trying to, like, play this juggling game, knowing that, you know, in 2020... We weren't gonna have any, or very little red wine. So how do I gaps. how do I fill those gaps? So, yeah. um, and you'll see with the next one, I'm putting a wine that was just in the spring release back into the lineup. Part of it is volume and and inventory, but also part of it is like, okay, we need to sort of like make sure there's enough of everything to go around. Um, you know, managing the the club, the club is growing. The wine, you know, you have to like every time you go to it, you're like, all right, well, that lot that I thought was gonna be in here two years ago there Not isn't anymore. there isn't enough of it there no. isn't enough of it so you can't you can't put it into the general shipment you know yeah. um the cool thing about the 18 rossi it was also the year that we made the the Odelino homage which is the one that's like 80 percent maved uh 20 percent syrah and what we're learning in the rossi ranch um as the vines mature and our sort of understanding of how to make the grenache out there advances um the Val Rossi homage probably won't have Syrah in it ever again. I say that, it will probably change. <laughs> I'm sure that'll be proven false immediately. Um, so this is 90% Grenache, 10% Leved. Um James, do you want to... I guess we should probably get you a fresh glass. Bart, technically, drink out of that one. I got it. Okay. <laughs> Okay. It's okay. I, was I don't
2: know. I can turn this off. We can pause for a minute. No,
1: no, 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 no. Keep rolling. Keep rolling. Just, James, just heard from
2: Roger Randall about the podcast, just uh, us podcasting right now.
1: Well, he probably saw that bottle down there at the end of the line. Did he zoom in? He's looking at He zoomed in and said, There's the Cab Franc I've been asking about for two years. <laughs> That's
2: right. So there you go, Roger. You're getting that Cab
4: Franc.
1: Uh, James actually spent. The full moon rise uh, in the Rossi Ranch just I a did. couple of it days was ago. Pretty
4: amazing. I hooked up to get the uh, the super moon. Um, in my head, it was a lot more magnificent than it actually was. Just based on the way spatially it worked, but right. it was it was pretty amazing. It's beautiful. Out there. Yeah, it's a cool spot. Absolutely amazing. I don't know who gets to live in that house in the middle of it, but
1: uh, Sandy O'Dellini. That is a lucky person. Yeah, she's le- a she's, she's, dream. She's a uh, she's a she's a powerhouse. Of a person uh who was also married to the former CEO of Intel. Oh, wow. uh during the Intel Inside era. Nice Paul O'Dolini. So and I, you I get to own a vineyard. Uh I think <laughs> I think he was like an early board member um with, you know, Google or one of these you know small he, companies. One of these little companies yeah. that did some things.
4: Little, um, little company you probably never heard of it. Yeah, little punk company.
1: <laughs> 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 I was into Google way before it was cool. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Wow. yum we even have snacks this morning mm, cheese and crackers
3: i just get so spoiled coming over here and then what happens is i don't want to drink cabernet anymore <laughs> <laughs> i'm sorry i know you make cabernet but
1: you know it just paid for my college and my house yeah. my parents house and this winery but yeah no it's just these wines are so
3: much more interesting and drinkable and is delicious it, is and, it
1: is it the variety or is it the style
3: so it's a it's it's a i think it's a little bit of both it's it's um because you know there's some cabernets we've had some people on the show where um where i really like their cab that one kid I don't tidings
1: know. wine yeah Shit, ross graham I need griggs to get a hold
3: of that like whoever
1: you know i don't know if they've released a wine yet yeah but it was um i guess yeah, it's showing
3: like, restraint if you can just show restraint a little bit with with your cab instead of trying and i think yeah. that's a trend that's that's gonna catch on yeah. here how, how do you want to show restraint in the cab i just don't want it huge and buried in oak.
1: A little less oak,
3: a little less right and, and I love the is, maritime influence this side of the hill. I like the the Sonoma uh, Are there people who are doing that? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, there's people that are doing it. It's just my um, comments I don't I don't see a lot where in my little world right. cuz we pour by the glass Camus, Harlan, Silver Oak, um, you know, we pour the the big and that's and that's a lot of the people in in the country that's what they think of in terms of cabernet Is they think of this big wine that it's almost like a food to me it's almost like they're eating they're eating a meal when they're drinking their wine and for me this is this is this is snacking this is and then and then get food and with this then you got a meal but but in terms of wine sometimes the cabs are just they're just too much yeah um and one noted so, well
2: you're also getting to play with those big bold cabs and a lot of people don't drink silver oak every night, you know.
3: A lot of people do, though. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I think used... a lot
4: of people also buy less expensive cabs that are, like, in the 10 to $20 range that are yeah. mimicking those right. through a variety of chemical procedures. And, yeah. and that also becomes very singular and, like,
1: over the top. For sure. Compot-y. Coca-Cola Cabernet.
4: Yeah. <laughs>
3: Yeah. Yeah, H- insert insert formula here you're where just it's like, like we know they're looking for this and
2: so yeah. let's make it. It's like you're sitting like at
4: Denny's and just drinking the fruit compote instead of putting on your pancakes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> there you go. We've
2: this we've, is great. we've been talking about new descriptors. New ways to describe wine, and that's that's he nailed it. Drinking and he, cup, he huh? missed that part of the
1: conversation. Yeah, he just, did. Knew. <laughs> he just intuitively, <laughs> intuitively, yeah. maybe it was Brian comparing all the wines to his girlfriend that he doesn't Not have all the His imaginary girlfriend sounds like a good way to get
3: canceled. <laughs> Bit, well, the Marsan is like Bizou Phillips.
4: I don't know if you guys know. Do you guys know who that is? Idea.
3: Yeah, it's wonderful. So, Mr. Joyner,
2: how are how's the photography going?
4: Uh good. I think. Um, like I said, I tried, tried my hand at a time-lapse with a camera that I'd used once, um, out at Rossi and that mm-hmm. was underwhelming, but visually it was amazing out there and the actual photos came out great.
2: I've seen some beautiful superimposed there, or, or combinations, let's say with the, with Coit tower and the super moon yeah. and things out of the, the bridge and the Chronicle had
4: a spread of those where it's like the moon is this big and like the city and you're like, yeah, Mm. Uh, i got a lot of lenses. i have, I don't have one fancy that's do macintosh that. also <laughs> yeah seriously <laughs> you can do that on your phone now but um but yeah it's uh photography's good i mean it's a beautiful area and it's the whole place is alive right now which is um pretty incredible to wander around and shoot photos at i spent the weekend chasing birds up and down the one for a project for fujifilm which just fun excellent
1: I chase some birds <laughs>
4: Not a euphemism. Not a euphemism. At least not for me.
3: Are you trying to feed them or are you trying to get them naturally?
4: (laughs) 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 Using a net. Right.
2: (laughs) What was the old story? If you get close enough to put salt on the tail, you can catch them.
4: You ever heard that? Are we still not using euphemisms? Is this in the Bible? <laughs> I don't know. Well, it's something.
2: It's something <laughs> I missed that verse. Like the 1940s or something like that. I do. You
4: know? I do remember. Maybe I'm thinking salt on slugs and they melt. That's different. Uh, that's, that is different. But yeah, if you can get that's, close that's enough Santa enough to Santa Cruz thing. To pour salt on the tail of a bird. <laughs> My daughter goes to Santa Cruz. You can yeah catch see That's
2: just because I'm really old, Sam.
1: God. You know, just the oldest person at the table. I always am. <laughs> always am. Now, what do you buying? Uh So 2018, again, and I've talked about this before, biggest harvest in the history of the state of California. Grenache in 2018 was out of control in its yield, which is why we were able to do so many fun things like the Rossi Ranch, you know, the Val Rossi homage, and then the Odellini homage. Um, it was the first year that we did Adutet, which... Uh, That's right. You know... And the the luxury of doing that in a year like 2018 is we we're we we're doing all these sort of like out of our ordinary winemaking techniques uh, with the audet with all this grenache and and then combi had the opportunity to pick exactly the barrels that he wanted nice because we only wanted to have about a hundred cases of of each wine in the audet lineup and what we ended up with the bounty of grenache extra grenache the audet barrels that you know. Weren't up to Philippe's exacting standards, but we're still delicious wines. What did he say, at Adam Tadimly? Adam, Lee? Adam <laughs> great wine. This I is a like this it. is a this is a wonderfully well-made wine. I don't like it. Yeah. Um. <laughs> so, and this is a, a repeat of a spring wine. Um, and for two reasons. One is I think it's finally starting to loosen up the steel plow grenache that went into this was harvested on November 6th It was election day 2018 um and Whoa. frankly i thought it could probably, you know if we had the luxury of hindsight we would have waited another week or two uh it was also election day and we wanted to be done with harvest um so we've we tried to put this wine in a couple of releases pulled it back finally put it out in the spring have been pouring it all summer in the tasting room and it's still like has so much to go so much like so much growing to do um we're putting it back in there the other thing is um we made 420 cases of this which is the most we've made of any wine um so we still have a lot of it left (laughs) and And again filling that gap putting it in the club again this no it makes sense
3: it's growing it's different it's changing and couldn't be more different than the last wine that we tried right that addition of the Morvedra and the, and, um, but I mean, the, the, the Grenache characteristics just jump out in this
1: thing. Right. So this is, this is, uh, you know, mostly steel plow and then the Adutet Rossi 18 and the Adutet Oakville 18 that didn't make wow. the cut, uh, which is why we had to call it North coast because yeah. we put in, you know, two barrels of, of Napa Valley Oakville ranch Grenache and all of a sudden it changes your appellation status. Um, but, you know, at the same time, also like, you know, we it's priced a little lower than any other Grenache that we have. It's about sort of showing the world what Grenache can be up here. Um and I, you know, as it sort of grows and evolves, it just keeps doing that in new ways. Um yeah, I dig it's it. It's funny,
3: I had a table in just the other night that first they came in they were it was a really nice Escort. couple. I don't I don't get that. No? No. Okay. No. And just uh glass. Just they came brain, in a, just my brain. They they um <laughs> came in a couple nights later and they, we were talking about red wine. They were um they were having Chateaubriand. So uh, they they were like, Oh, you know, cab's too big. We were thinking about like a Pinot, and I said, What about Grenache? And the guy said, Oh no, it's too big. Grenache too big. I said I was like, I don't know, what, to, Gren- how's I don't that? know what grenache I don't know what Grenache they've been drinking, but you could tell they had their you know when people got their mind made up on yeah. on something. Um, so we ended up going with the Pinot, but I I, I don't know what people think of, of Grenache anymore because I don't sell enough of it anymore. Right, right. I just, last night was the first time I got a woman to try Chenin Blanc. She must have been 70 years old, <laughs> and she was looking for something to go with her cod, and I said, oh, the Sauvignon Blanc or the Chenin Blanc. She said, I've never had a Chenin Blanc.
1: Well, you know what's funny about that is like...
3: When, and she ended uh, up going with the Chenin Blanc when somebody when she tried it. When
1: somebody of that age the wines that they were drinking when they started to drink wine, even if it didn't say Chenin Blanc on the label, probably had some, in probably it. had some Chenin Blanc yeah. in it and sort of like the arc of Chenin Blanc coming back. Um, that all of a sudden it's showing up on, you know, places like the Fairmont,
3: but it was fun for me. Cause it was a, it was a kind of like an old girl in the pig moment where you had the aha moment of someone not trying something. And then for the first time, going, wow, I really like this. It was, <laughs> good. I hope you next time you will be like, Hey,
4: It must really help, too, though, to have them taste something that that has some quality to it, as opposed to, like, here's a, insert wine here, and it's, you know, the most generic form of it that you're tasting at Safeway. Right. And then you're like, I don't like this. And you're like, of course you don't. Makes sense. You shouldn't. Right.
2: (laughs) So, James. Yes. Tell us a little bit about how you're developing film with wine.
4: Oh, man, so um, there's a story. And too. why? <laughs> and why? Well, well I like to can. make my life super complicated. Totally. Um, and there's no creativity without struggle. No. Um, I, I, as far as why, I think just because I thought it'd be neat to see if it could happen. Um, and so there's a longstanding tradition of developing black and white film um, in instant coffee, which actually uh, works just as well as any developer. Um, You know, it's one of those things that's really cool, but at the end of the day, it's a little bit more expensive to do it in instant coffee than it is an actual developer. So people generally just do it. What happens
2: with the grain when you get...
4: Well, it depends on the film and it depends on the wine. So... Um, and it depends on the size of the negative. It turns out. So I was third- going to
2: go with the coffee. Once you
4: got all that crap in there, oh, like the coffee grounds. Yeah, and it's, well, it's instant coffee, so it dissolves. Oh, I thought you said I think it meant the grain on the film. I I'm do, sorry. I, I do. Say, oh yeah. I'm tra- so I'm talking about how it affects that. So it's the same concept, really. Like you're, so you're still dissolving basically three things together, um, or four things in the case of the instant coffee. It's water, instant coffee, uh, but what it is is um the caffeic acid in there. So, um, Will go and it it, from my understanding, activates the silver halide crystals um, in the film and then binds to them.
3: Should Sam and I leave? I know. We, we're, <laughs> let's save this. Let's let's and let's
2: not
4: let's save
3: this p- for the next show. You
2: let's, you you had, you had uh, gotten up and left. I know. It. We had to say we got to, tell him that we had to <laughs> fill wanted, that air. I wanted to ask him about that because it, it's interesting. He's doing some shots for you guys that he's developing in wine that have a cool characteristic to them and i think that's really interesting all right
3: so john did the teaser
1: john did the teasing the teasing yeah. next week's episode yeah um, <laughs> well i mean we did just ask him to come sit at the table he was sitting over there we well, stopped I'm, taking our picture because how off. many fucking times can you take our picture uh and <laughs> and you know it was it was awkward and bart left bart disappeared bart disappeared to poor bart bart disappeared he, to, he, to sophomore year of high school i think you know, is where, I, I think i, is where I think, bart think so
2: is. i think so uh, his son has uh has been looking for rides around the area so but he left all his stuff. Whoa.
1: He did. He's coming back. He's wait well, no uh, yeah is, uh, is that his bag? Yeah or? it's
2: not mine. That's his bag. Well
1: at the very least we'll go through his bag and see what he's got in there. there you if go. he doesn't show back up. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this episode of the podcast brought to you by What's at the bottom of Bart's bag. Sam, <laughs>
3: Sam can I just can I pay you a, a compliment though on on the wines and it I just kind of thought of it myself that I I do a lot of tastings and I dump out a lot of wine. Yeah. And I find that when I'm over here I I drink a lot of wine. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah,
1: I the the greatest compliment that I could pay a wine in a in a tasting setting is not being able to spit it out. Right. 100%. I mean and and you know you taste wine all... you can't you can't drink every wine that yeah. is put in a glass no. in front of you. But sometimes mm-hmm. you but sometimes there's wines you, where you just, just like, can't, you're like you not you're like no I'm not giving out. that up. Yeah, totally.
3: And that's what happens over here.
1: Well, I. Um, it is and I got to go to work. <laughs> well, we can, we can get you a cup of coffee or something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> sure. What time's work? Well, it was supposed to be
3: one o'clock. I was Whenever supposed to go. Um,
1: podcast is over.
3: I was supposed to go taste through all the Mezcals with Sal's. Oh my rep. God. Oh yeah. Jeez. Um, and we had to reschedule the other day because I, I ended up in a meeting and I couldn't get out of it. And he works at, I guess he bartends out at Bodega Bay. So he's gotta be out there at three. Sal does? No, no, no. The oh, guy the, who's the rep. repping okay. his, um So then we rescheduled for one o'clock today and he just texted me and said, hey, sorry, the opening bartender, whatever. So um, he can't do can it we today? reschedule? And I said, you know, I think Sal's actually gonna come on the podcast. Maybe we'll just do the tasting perfect ben, ben, ben. look at us teasing on, shows
1: on. ahead <laughs> yeah there you go <laughs> almost like we plan these things well and bartha it, it is kind of a weird
3: idea for a wine podcast but mezcal has got such a cool it's
1: aged in barrels and it's the
3: right the, the, the style I that think. you make it in and the history of it is Every think...
4: maker i know drinks mezcal more than wine or most of them at They're least thin. this at least this time of year yeah so <laughs> you guys are gonna that's gonna be a mess of a podcast by the end for sure I'm Looking forward. To i think that.
3: we should invite jeff Cohn. Oh, that's we'd we'll
4: definitely get canceled. <laughs> <laughs> All
1: right, up next, uh, twenty nineteen Dos Limones Syrah. Um, All right, going back to the to the back beginning. To the, so we're back to the 19's No, I mean back to uh, of the, Dos of, Limones. Of the history of yeah my life. So what did G Love say about my life? It's been my life has been drenched in wine. I yeah. like that. It, it was a good been. line. It was a good line. I wish I'd come up with it. I tried to take credit for a minute, but then he reminded us that it was his line, not my line. He (laughs) said he was going to
2: write a song about it.
1: Yeah, if we write the song, I'll, you know, post it on Instagram, I guess. I don't know. (laughs) Beautiful color. So, Dos Amores We've been making this wine since the beginning of 16600 going back to 2007. Um, In either 16 or 17. I think it was maybe maybe it was even 15. My brother did a little side project for the owner of this block up there uh, and added five or six rows of Greno- of syrah and a couple rows of viognier um and 19 was the first year that those rows really started to come into production mm. and and the reason the only reason that I I say it um is we added a different clone of syrah in those five or six rows. And and that clone of Syrah is and I'm blanking on it, I wanna say it's just like clone three or something. Um is way more about acidity and and sort of the lighter version of Syrah. And and certainly nineteen kind of lends itself to this anyway. That super wet spring, kind of a cool summer for our standards anymore. Um but this is the most sort of uh, talk about a Brian Casey friendly wine um, that I don't think we've ever made out of this block.
3: And whose, whose idea was it to, to plant um, those vines up there? Yeah. Or, I mean, why, what was the reason? I, for
1: it? I mean, I imagine that it was my dad's call on um, what clone to put out there. Um, and I don't know that, you know, it could be as simple as like, that's what they had. Um, you know after some plant some other planting, and they had enough to to spread it there um i you know i am sure that part of the logic is you know as you add clones to a wine to a vineyard block, um you're adding complexity, you're adding layers of things that weren't there before um so i'm I'm sure that had a big part of it,
3: but just to go lighter, which. If you look at the color, it doesn't look like
1: you. Were invited, no, you're talking about intensity. In- of, intensity of yeah. of you know, blick. It's balance, right. length, intensity, concentration. Um, it, it definitely like wow. Look at lifted the lifted everything on this. up. You know, there's also a little more viognier in this because of that. Um, you know, we still, you're not getting a whole lot of juice from the what's left out there, and we bird net it and stuff, and it's super ripe. And we're still doing the viognier skins that we save from from steel plow, but. um it just oh, I love totally this. changed the complexity and, and the complexion of of the dos Limones Syrah. we you know it just like every time a well, wine that's growing up, if we sat down and tasted through the last what now uh twelve thirteen vintages of this that we've made mm-hmm. um it just is it's growing up it's uh, the vines are getting older, we're figuring out how to make it better um, and it just gets more and more sort of nuanced and and God, I hate to say mature, um, <laughs> oh, below the brand, uh, but definitely um, finished. I mean, I think adding the Viognier skin starting in 2015 yeah. was a finishing touch, but adding just a little bit of this, you know, this new clone out there, I think really um, was it just another layer of sort of finishing of this wine. It's,
3: it's beautiful. so juicy and fresh.
2: It, it really is very agreeable. It's just something you want to drink perfect that's the goal make it that you want to drink them i'm surprised that you just started in 07
1: look at, look at well we didn't i mean
2: we started 16 the brand in 07 right um but bringing a brand new a, a new brand in and making it as successful a line as you have with 20 different SKUs in that shorter period is really amazing you know most most of these vintners that we know
1: go back a long long ways right i mean you know i i um six we stand on the shoulders of giants um and some of those are our own shoulders you know the the work that that my dad and tony did changing the paradigm of what you know grape growing and winemaking was about starting in the 70s um and frankly, the clients that Enterprise Vineyards has and, you know, I, I joke um, and hopefully not too many people in the Stone Edge office hear this, but I mean, essentially we were subsidized by Stone Edge Farm at the beginning of our, you know, of this run, um, you know, making wine there for basically nothing um you know the first few years and then sort of expanding and it's a lot about goodwill and trades and course, you know yeah. farming jeff baker's vineyard and he was making our wine and these you know these sort of things like that um that allowed any of this to to happen well it's cool to look and back. it still feels like a fucking struggle every day you know <laughs> well it is but you're
2: way ahead think about what, it, what what it was like you know all those years
1: ago Bring it back. Okay. <laughs> there is a tasting going on inside. This is an adult pop tart. <laughs> there we go.
3: I mean that in the best way.
1: Yeah, no, totally. Yeah. I mean, if a pop tart that was like you know didn't taste like fake things, but tasted like real things. Yeah, yeah.
2: Well, he's talking about you want to eat it. You know? Right, a pop tart you want to eat it
1: doesn't come wrapped. No, in, and you have that little sets. touch
3: of sweetness. So you know that's your little icing on there. Yeah, and, totally. And the fruit's deep. Mm.
1: Didn't
2: boy tristan
1: brought it right back didn't he he didn't even you didn't even pour anything out of it tristan is <laughs> uh, that tristan's first name drop on the show yeah. tristan's been working with the tasting house uh this summer a little bit he he actually works his essentially full-time at abbott's passage um uh, but you know he's uh got that midwestern work ethic uh and wanted to work more days of the week so he's i think he works like of, uh, eight nine days for you then yeah exactly you <laughs> we've never done so well in backpacks right. <laughs> <laughs> how come we don't have any shirts anymore right we sold them all on mondays and tuesdays when tristan's here getting off from habits
3: man we shouldn't have talked about the heat now i'm starting to i know i'm
1: starting to feel it it could be the five wines that you haven't been a <laughs> little <out>. bit a little <laughs> bit and we don't have any water out here well, and the humidity. Someone, someone yeah, said something to me the other day about
3: uh, that, that they've never they never thought California had humidity. And I said we, we were setting up outside for for live music, and I said, I think it's just that we're sweating so much, we're creating our own little ecosystem. <laughs> so you're, in um, like, you're in your like um,
1: your your sommelier suit sweating. No, no, I was in my jeans and uh, my Fairmont smock. Um <laughs> But but sh-
3: she raises horses here and she said, I just don't remember California ever being this humid before.
1: i m- I mean it's funny because uh, people who are actually from humid places would probably think we're out of our goddamn right. minds. Oh, uh, but about the Midwest. Yeah, yeah, no, but this summer, especially the, there's a, the temperatures have been lower and the humidity has been higher, which, is which weird, makes it feel it's, hotter. It's not from
3: water. It's, like, there's no water, so it's I don't know from, why.
1: It's, there's been these like sort of just uh, you know typhoon, monsoonal season thing happening, and we're just getting the wisps of that. So mm-hmm. we're, you know, and... And for, you know, those of you keeping score at home, we're talking about 45, 50% humidity. Right. So it's not like real numbers for, you know. <laughs> yeah. James yeah, from, is over here going. Massachusetts uh, right and it's of, like
4: 97% humidity. Yeah. Back there right now, which is just, I want to read, like 3% air. Yeah. And 97% <laughs> water. Well, you're basically a fish. Where? It's Cape Cod, Massachusetts. Okay. It is horrific.
2: Well, look at where Roger Randall lives down in, in Saint St. Louis. Lewis. Right. It's, it's 100% all the time. You're
4: basically a walking pile of mildew at that point, <laughs> yeah. no matter what you do.
1: Disgusting. I mean, that's why I use systemic fungicides. Uh, <laughs> it's so fortunate. Mm-hmm. We don't have to do that oh, on your body.
4: <laughs> I was right. going to say on myself. Right like,
1: I think Old Spice <laughs> makes a pretty good sulfur. <laughs> What's next, Sam? All right, next is 2019 Estates Infantile.
2: I'm going to need your
1: pouring bowl yeah. there. This is my friend. <laughs>
3: So state's in, we're talking up the hill.
1: Talking up the hill. James was up there shooting photos of Phil the other day. The hardest person to take photos of ever, because he hates it. I thought it. he
4: was great. <laughs>
1: he caught him on a happy Saturday morning, I think. <laughs> you, you know, He's going to try in. to
4: make him talk. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's some
2: pretty damn good photos of Phil around.
1: You know, every once in a while, people get lucky or he gets lucky mm-hmm. something
4: it's pretty photogenic you just can't ask him to do stuff if you i've i've discovered towards the end unfortunately <laughs> that if you just let him kind of do his thing yeah. and then work around him it works yeah you.
1: that's um not just taking his photo <laughs>
4: you just kind of can't tell him to do anything right <laughs> it's in general so next, time, next time i'm just gonna go let him do his thing right. and like stalk him from the fence line with a long lens it's actually It'd be like hunting. It'll be like chasing birds. Totally, the, the
1: little, the less he knows you're there, the better. Yeah, yeah. 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 yeah.
3: yeah there's two great like, like, photos suit. of Phil online. It's the same ones I always come across. That's why I need. Well, I need some from you because that's
1: wh- I. You sent the email. He sent the Dropbox link to all the t- photos, and then and then I sent him back the ten that we need to clean up or so. Did we never figure that out?
4: I, I haven't gotten them yet, but I will. Okay.
1: okay, we'll do that after. We'll do that before. I leave.
4: I didn't get a comment. Uh, oh
1: good, I did get that, that, that today.
4: <laughs> yeah, it actually came through. While I was sitting there. I was like, "Is he doing this while he's on the podcast?"
1: This I'm just like... learning. I'm just learning here. Um, so yeah, we will pick a photo to send to Brian for the the fill dinner at the end of September. We can for do the Graham. It's yeah. easy. The Graham. Uh, well, something in the in the
2: vineyard. That's where he's happiest.
1: Yeah, totally. It, well, <laughs> we got a bunch of the. Place that he's happiest, but I don't think we can use him for the Fairmont. That's the best uh, one, or his back's turned. And it's totally, just, like, just the, so good. in the yeah. in the forest of, yeah, absolutely. Ganja, one. Nice. <laughs> six plants, seventeen strains. I don't know how he does it.
4: Not a name tag to be found. Th- <laughs> th- not, not a name tag to be found. Th- <laughs> <laughs>
2: six plants 17 strains
1: <laughs> that's what you know he said that he i'm totally stealing his joke he said that we did the he spoke at the sonoma valley cannabis enthusiasts back when we had meetings uh and that you know because technically at that time it was pre all the sort of rules changing but you could only have six plants in sonoma county so six plants 17, oh, that's right 17 strains
4: is that the rule now no, who knows? Oh, I don't know. The now, rules
1: now you can do anything you want. The rules man, never, essentially, <laughs> the rules have never applied well, to the they...
3: Kateri right. Now they... that they're getting tax money, they're they, like, they uh...
2: they uh, they did take the taxes off. They, they yeah, they gave it a, well, pr- a moratorium were, for last year, this year, and next year, choking the business to death. Yeah. I mean, well, you can't get started and pay everything in taxes, you can't get you just can't get started. Although, Spark is doing pretty well.
1: Have you been in there? Oh, well, I love it in there. But yeah. but there's, so many there's a difference between pro-
2: any indoor products.
1: I mean, that's still what the way the rules are written.
2: You can do and anything you want indoors.
1: That's well, it's just the to pay the taxes to get the permits. It's way easier to do it indoors than outdoors, which is to me a broken system.
4: It also seems like it favors the retailer as opposed to the grower. Yeah,
1: totally. The growers are the right growers now, that I never getting... Same. Oh, well, Spark tech, Yes, in and this is sort of like the sixteen six hundred enterprise vineyards thing. Uh, on in the consumer's mind, it is one and the same. As a business entity and structure and legal ways of operating it on paper, um, they have to be two separate entities. Which is Which is the piece of like the lowering of the taxes and the tax uh, hiatus or whatever's going on um, is more about the grower side than the retail side, right? Yeah. Um, however,
2: they have their own brand, Farm to Market. Yeah. And um, and then they sell other people's. They, they sell packaged Jerry Garcia products. They sell, you know, all kinds.
1: Garcia of Selects. Yeah. I may have had one of those before we started tour, recording. Tour packs.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and pre rolls. It's, it's an amazing situation. But it gets very expensive right away. Very expensive.
4: In the in the distributor or the dispensaries. Oh yeah. Yeah.
2: You can you can walk in and drop a lot of money. You can buy normal stuff. There's fifteen percent. There's an DHC. easy alternative to that. Grow your own.
4: Yeah. Or know someone who does. Yeah. Say, yeah. <laughs> or,
2: or or
3: do like I do at Bottle Barn. I go in with a hundred dollar bill. No credit card. Put it on the counter. And you know that that's how I hit hundred. Oh, that's right. <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. You they don't take credit cards. They take cash. Yeah, hundred dollar like bill. You got to walk in with a hundred dollar bill. Well, say there you that's go. all I' am allowed to get. All right. I do the same thing at Whole Foods <laughs> <laughs> for sure,
4: another place where their growers are probably getting exactly. screwed <laughs> yeah,
3: <totally. laughs> well, it's all controllable indoors, right cut out your variables, right
1: yeah exactly yeah. i mean and 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 constantly be um having product that's going to market, yeah. and you know it's the it's the zero downtime growing cycle. <laughs> um, that really like makes the difference. Makes perfect For, business sense. For, what would grapes be like <laughs> grown
4: indoors? I was just gonna say, where's the indoor grape
1: grow? Uh, it's uh, there's that it happens. Um, I don't know if it happens in volume enough to make tons of wine out of it. I mean, it would. In the same way, you would be able to control every variable um, and put out really um, soulless things. Right, the, it would have no. There no, would be there. No if there's, there's no struggle. There's no, um, you know, temperature incle- inclemencies. <laughs> yeah, steel. right. Exactly. Like, what would be the what would be the expression of terroir? You would have it would be water. the plant coat. and the water and and <laughs> well, frankly, just what, what I taste when I smoke um, indoor grown cannabis is you taste the fertilizer. Yeah. What if you brought in soil from Mount Edna? I think more what you would do is replicate the chemical, right. you know, the, the like minera- mineral compounds. Right. Of so that. Gallo's working on it.
4: Well, I'm sure it's there's a company happening. in yeah. San Francisco that has completely synthesized just to prove that they could. They took like Armani Conti and they completely synthesized it with no grapes whatsoever. Mm. They're like, this is just right. Blue Lake number five, orange number six and crab seasoning. I don't know. Yeah, we talked you're like, about it's, this. It's, I think that was like one of our no first episodes. no one could episodes. tell the yeah. difference. Like there was yeah. no difference. And you're like, okay, This will cost fifty cents a bottle. Yeah, you're like, and if you can't tell the difference, is the soul the same? I don't know. Same thing.
1: I think that you would tell the difference the next morning when you woke up after drinking a bottle of either one of them. I mean, really? I mean, I I think that's an interesting point. Um, the thing that separates really good wine that hasn't been chemically manipulated, both in the vineyard and in the cellar and a bottle that might taste just as good side to side at that moment is how it makes you feel the next day but if if they're selecting
4: for it and they're completely controlling it on a chemical level you would think that they could select to have it I wonder if there's a way to I don't know
1: it's the ghost in the machine man some some, singularity wine some uh, some Asimov (laughs) not (laughs) Scientology wine not Eric Eric, not not Eric uh, Isaac Isaac yeah (laughs) Interesting concept. Uh, State Zinfandel. i
4: Zinfandel. never. I, <laughs> <laughs> I something completely right.
1: natural. State Zinfandel. It's pretty good.
3: <laughs> Do you guys find that Zinfandel is a little polarizing
1: to some people? Um, for sure. You know, um, a lot of it is is stigma. Um, a lot of it is, uh, in the the quest. And I think Syrah suffered from this also, and and certainly Merlot. In the quest to find the next Cabernet, a lot of wines around here, Zinfandels were made in that style of like over-extracted, uh, too much oak, big, really big, yeah. and and lost in any nuance. Zinfandel doesn't need any help doing those things. Yeah. Um, what you need with Zinfandel is is purity and a sense of place. Um, you need some, you know, natural acidity you need, um, to, you know, I couldn't imagine a reason to put Zinfandel in a hundred percent new oak, 50% new oak. Maybe, you know, there's a vintage that, um, 2021 actually looks like it'll be a vintage where we'll do a little bit in a new barrel because I just had the tannin and it had the structure that it needed mm-hmm. the it needed the polishing mm-hmm. and again and, and when you do that you're not going to use your heaviest carameliest vanilla barrel you're going to use something that's you know just going to bring a little bit of that mm-hmm. and i think that's what the the polarization of zinfandel and i my favorite thing to do in the tasting room is to pour zinfandel to somebody who says oh i don't like zinfandel yeah and change their mind, at least about this Zinfandel, because it has right. some, you know, I hate to use the word restraint. We're not really restrained people. Just um, it's to be honest, it's the Moon Mountain District. I don't know if you saw uh, if you follow along either on on Morgan or Brene's Instagrams, you know, Morgan Peterson, Bedrock, Brene Monterosso. Um, and I'm not saying this is decision is, is right or wrong. Morgan's picking tomorrow. The Zinfandel from Mono Rosso. Um, He hit the bricks number that he was looking for. And he said in his little message about it that um, in years past he would have waited longer, but he's learned that that's not what he wants to do there. The pH is like 3.03. Uh, and that, to me, is it's so classic Moon Mountain District that um, ripeness, go, you know, sugar ripeness goes quickly ph stays really low acidity stays really high um and i you know for our style for my definition of ripeness um that's a sign that you can let things hang there a little longer um you know it's different in monorosa those vines are older you know it's it's a different irrigation setup different farming different soil um but for the estate zinfandel you, you wait until that acidity sort of just starts to break um and you don't really worry about what the bricks are um and that's that's the way to get it to shine for that place i think and when did the, when did your
3: dad plant these grapes
1: 1989 oh shit they're not ancient but they're getting old they're all, and you know and he's starting to replant um because it was planted on AXR rootstock which was what everybody was using at the time it turns out to not be everybody thought it was phylloxera resistant turns out it's not so he's replanting onto St. George and so 19 you're having some of those young vines starting to come online he's kind of like doing it chunk by chunk um so there's some of that starting to play into it in some different clonal selections but it's still mostly um mostly giant diesel engines Enterprise Vineyards trucks rolling through. Oh. Uh, it's still it's still mostly uh, Martini clones Zinfandel, which you know comes from Monterosa. Do you do you find that Zinfandel like for me? It
3: wasn't like this at the beginning, but I'm, more and more, when I smell Zinfandel, it's almost like smelling Riesling or Viognier that I, like I know it immediately. Uh,
1: I mean, I think to the earlier point, as it's people are starting. To, Dial it back a little bit, and you're tasting more and more Zinfandel's made to be of of Zinfandel, as opposed to trying to make it something it's not. Yeah. Um. That, that becomes clearer.
3: It's almost like it's got a thread. There's some characteristic yeah. that is now now stands out. And I think the first time it happened was like a year ago when I tried a seventy four mm. Chateau Montelena Zinfandel. Interesting. Blind. And, and went, just and when I don't know what this is, but. Because obviously it's really old. Right. um,
1: But it smells like Zinfandel. Um, I mean, you know, look, this is the California grape. Right. Um, uh, You know, it it should be as specific to California as, you know, Pinot Noir is to Burgundy. Um, You know, as, as, uh, you know,
2: I don't know. Well, has there ever been another movement, quote unquote, uh, like mm -hmm. Cab is King? I mean, Zen is California's grape. It's a big deal. They have they have Zin societies. They have right. Zin tastings, and and you know it's Zin expos, et cetera. Um, but I just wondered if there'd ever been anything that was threatening to Cab or anything else that, that ever had that kind of
1: push. I, I think the biggest threat to Cabernet, and this speaks to Brian's distaste for it lately, um, is the climate,
4: well,
1: especially here. You know. The the things that Brian, you know, is lamenting about those cabs that he tastes and pours right. from the north end of Napa Valley is they don't get the fog that they used to get. They don't get um, you know, the the nights don't cool off like they used to. And and as a result those wines are starting to be harder to grow and less distinct. Um so I, I think that's the supremacy of Cabernet is in our area. Dated no it's not dated i think it's just it's it's threatened by the climate more than climate
4: change making all of california central valley yeah exactly
1: what would you be <laughs> doing right
2: now if you were growing in a lot of cab in napa how would you be handling uh, that oh we are growing a lot of cab in napa yeah. um <laughs> you know we doing? the things that we're doing cashing
1: checks uh <laughs> right I'd, i would have landed my private jet in the parking lot for the show um <laughs> one of those ones that you know it goes up and down um i guess that's a helicopter there um you. no what's happening in napa with cabernet production uh is and why i said it's getting more expensive you are doing things like changing the the pruning and the vine training to raise the fruit zone off the ground a little oh. bit to get away from reflective heat Eight. from from the stones um hmm. you're putting shade cloth out you know, on the vines. So you're, to, hiding. You're, you're hiding. You're hiding. You're putting in, we, you know, we have these systems um, that do this sort of like mist into the air uh, when it gets hot to, wow. to create more airflow and, and lower the ambient temperature at the hottest part of the day. Wow. Um, you know, there's up. there's a whole bunch of things. V- replanting to different um different rootstocks and and clones and row directions I mean I think that but again you know are those stopgap measures
4: I mean with the most recent climate prognosis for this area shows it continuing to ramp up right year over year like yeah. I mean what what's the long term prognosis like how long can that work before like
1: before you and also is that like prime growing area
4: and excuse my day here but is that prime growing area now pushing from the napa valley is it pushing further this way are we going to start having like sonoma cult cabs, like sonoma mountain cult yeah
1: i mean i think that for sure that's happening i mean if you look at like the best pinot noirs in this part of the world um are coming from places that are colder places Fort than ross Fort ross that whole like you know extreme sonoma coast where you know those vineyards deep that adam of, lee was talking about deep end of jenner. Deep into jenner or the you know the foggy parts of salinas yeah. uh, you know salinas valley that that can stay cold enough um, does that mean cab pushes um, further west and it's you know probably um, lake county already well lake county's lake county's hot though yeah, it is. You know, well, I think more like you know, does can you you know, ten years from now, do you replant a uh, Yorkville Highlands in Cabernet instead of uh, Syrah or Pinot Noir? Maybe. All right.
2: As soon as you turn onto uh, what a, what a, is it twelve that goes over to Napa? Yeah. Okay. So you get out by the Nicholson Ranch mm-hmm. and you turn left on the on onto the four lane or the passing area right there, and all along the left side they have now replanted those or not replanted but they are now planting yeah, those yeah. yeah and there's they're right out in the sun they are facing um south and west um and it's just an amazing new development it's right yeah. right, right near domain Chandon. yeah and, you know,
1: know, and um, just who, enterprise who was too expensive that. for that job apparently well or phil didn't want to farm out there one of the two it's well like just, it's not it's a, number it's that they, not they a very attractive
2: area to. i'll tell you that um it's just it's hanging it right out on the edge There's yeah nothing that,
1: i mean you know what
2: what are they going to grow there
1: i would say they'll probably plant pinot but i don't know
3: just to get the appellation yeah, yeah
1: just to get the appellation on it um, uh former low would be good Merlot would be awesome, Syrah probably be good. Uh, you know, my first thought would be a white grape. Mine too, because yeah.
3: that's the area. But it's shout heavy. out to Satello, let some Galician varietals. Yeah, totally. <laughs> Trichard shout Trichard out to Morgan, some Portuguese varietals.
2: Does Truchard make a lot of
3: reds? Right. Uh, Truchard uh, uh, does Pinot and
2: okay,
3: and I, you know,
2: but it's mainly a white wine house.
3: I don't, I don't think so. I think yeah. they probably. At least do half and half. Okay.
1: Yeah. Should we, um, now that we spent 20 minutes talking about the demise of Napa Valley Cabernet, uh, have a, have a Napa Valley Cabernet Franc? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Tristan, just, sorry. Just, All right, well, we're going to pour it, and then we'll hand it into the tasting. Just right Tristan inside. comes to grab it. <laughs> Sam, is this the
3: first Cabernet, Cabernet Franc release?
1: This is the first time we've ever had this. Um, 2019, we made about 45 cases or so. Um, and you know, I'm looking forward to this again on paper. John, you can come back, Tristan. Um, on on paper, (laughs) this is essentially a bulk wine purchase. Um, Oakville Ranch Vineyards has a winery attached, you know, wine brand, um, and that you know grapes that we grow, wine that they made. It didn't fit into whatever their program was. They had a couple barrels extra um that we purchased um so you know it's fits into the sixteen six hundred model and that's grapes that were grown by us we've had wine you know the oakville ranch cabernet that we had in 2012 um cabernet sauvignon was sort of the same deal it was made by the oakville ranch winery um so you know it's um probably a one-off or at least it's not something that we're going to have every year um but, that means I better buy some. Means you better better buy some. Like, what did I say on the back of the label? How many cases? Back of the label says forty-eight cases. That seems about accurate.
3: Wait, and and it's going out in the shipment though?
1: It is not going out. In, it's it is a uh, addition to the shipment. Uh, if it, if, okay. I mean, for for lots of reasons. One is that again, we don't have enough for everybody to get a bottle. If it went into the shipment, um, but it also blows up the math of the shipment right uh you know we try and keep our the six bottle phil sent me to around three hundred dollars or just under um this we're retailing at 149 dollars a bottle oh. so, um it wouldn't wait it a minute doesn't fit the model <laughs> Um, Wait, is this one of the most? What's the highest? It'll be the price? This is the most expensive bottle. Yeah, I was going to say this. The yeah.
3: Simon's Cab was, was Simon's Cab was a hundred and
1: eight uh, You know ninety. The when we had the Oakville Ranch Cabernet, twenty twelve. So this was you know uh, seven or eight years ago. We sold it for one hundred and twenty five. Wow. Um, so you know this is it's priced to move what's the at a slow thing? pace. Uh, on the bottle, it's fourteen and a half. Oh wow. It's 14 and
2: a half <laughs> Well, it's interesting that there's a Cabernet Franc and a Cabernet
1: Sauvignon. How, what's the difference? Um, well, correct me if I'm wrong, W set any number. Um, Cabernet Franc is a parent of Cabernet, Cabernet Franc
3: and Sauvignon Blanc. Are the parents of Cabernet
1: um, <laughs> parents of Cabernet Sauvignon. Um, Cabernet Franc is uh Lighter colors than you know, flavor wise, it's it's a lighter tone, um, brighter tone than Cabernet. It's you know bright red instead of dark red, kind of uh, expressions, um more floral, more fruit driven. Are they getting the same price in Napa for the Cab I think Franc I think people are getting more. Right now, you're getting more for Cab Franc, yeah, because there's less of it yep. and there's an increased consumer demand for it. Yeah, people uh, love it. People love Cab Franc. Actually, yep. I
4: heard on a podcast yesterday that the most expensive wine or expensive grapes by the ton out of Napa was Cab, Cab Franc. Franc.
3: Yeah, totally, totally. Yeah, I think John. I tell people if you like if you like Bordeaux flavors, but you don't like a lot of tannin, Cabernet Franc's like the perfect wine. You you get a lot of the little. It's like you're drinking a Cabernet, but you're. It's a softer version of it.
1: And this is, you know, it's delicious. Yeah, definitely got some of that uh that graphite and and black current kind of things um but way um not gentler but it's it's less more elegant less brooding yeah, yeah way more elegant than yeah. than just straight cabernet yeah. um you get that sort of uh you know people talk about violet flavors with cabernet franc um yeah. Certainly aromatically. You know, I, I think of it as just a, it's a juicier version um, than cab, especially young. It's
4: like a more talkative cabernet. Totally. More social. Yeah.
1: It's the social butterfly of the Bordeaux variety. <laughs> <laughs>
4: You're
1: bringing the wine back. You don't. You yeah. Severely poured.
2: <laughs> this time. Severely poured. <laughs> yeah. Well, oh, we won't need it. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> um when
1: is this one release so this this is the addendum to the 2020 fall 2020 what year is this 2022 fall phil sent me release so the six wines um that we just tasted through the rosé the marsan the rossi homage the 18 north coast grenache 19 dos limones Syrah, 19 estates zinfandel is the six pack as Actually, this is great. James is a, a new wine club member, actually, um, <laughs> right. so now you don't have to check your email. Um, so that's the six, as presented: um, the cab franc, hell of a lineup, some viognier that. that you can add to the, um, and I'll throw I'll throw in the super Tuscan just to fill those last minute grabs. Satin and Magnet. Um, this is not is in, a, in a magnum. You asked, you asked too, You're you? are my
3: new favorite wine club <laughs> member. <laughs> um, do you have that in magnum?
1: Maybe we'll just make some magnums. <laughs> take, a, take a couple <laughs> cases, pop them down, and pour them in. There you go. Um, <laughs> that's, how things, that's how you do it.
4: Just get a helmet, one on each side with a straw. <laughs> there you go. it meets in the middle of your mouth. Now it's a
1: magnum. It's a magnum. <laughs> um, yeah. That's fantastic. Cap Franc.
3: Who knew? I know. What's been the response? Have you sold uh
1: we uh, we brought it into the tasting room were you here that day Uh, a week or two ago um jasmine decanted it um which it could could use for sure um and then i actually poured it back in and it was around for a day or two and just kept maybe i poured it to you like a couple days later um and you know, we brought in a case out of the warehouse, opened a bottle, and then we had to bring in another case today. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how many of those bottles my dad took, but we definitely sold some.
3: Yeah, the cool kids are drinking Cabernet Franc, and then the, the older set who follows the cool kids are drinking the Cabernet Franc, too. Yeah, exactly. I've, I've had to bulk up the list a little bit on the Cabernet yeah. Franc side.
1: Do you want some Cabernet Franc?
3: Um, maybe, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, After
1: this release is over, if anything left... We'll put the goal. Cool. We'll put a case in there.
3: Yeah, there's some people that overdo it. They they try and make a Cabernet Franc a cab. Right. Um and then but you know who does real really nice one is uh Aylers Estate. Oh yeah. Um Laura, mm-hmm. who used to be the winemaker at Gallery. Um and now she's over at Aylers. Her cab franc is just beautiful. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it's definitely a, um you know a variety that's like a winemaker flex. You know what I mean? If you can make good cab franc, yeah. You go out there and you miss know, my cab franc. Well, it's, it's <laughs> and
3: and everyone does small production because of what you were saying. So typically, it's one that only makes it into the wine club. So you, right. as a, as a buyer for me for a hotel, you kind of have to go. Can I be, please be get a, a case? Bit. Yeah.
1: Cayman makes great cab franc. It's another one that you, that never makes it in. Like occasionally, they'll pour it in the tasting room, but it's you know it's the members. I didn't even know that. Yeah, and, and it's, it's like twenty five cases. For what? They, they
3: use it as a blender. Most I, think of the it's, time? I
1: think it's used as a. You know, there's not a ton of again. It's, there's not a ton of it there, uh, and it goes into the blend a little bit, and and whatever doesn't make it into the blend. In 25, 50 case kind of lots.
3: Do you think we could get a little bit of that for the dinner?
1: If they have it, you know, they're doing their fall release. Their like once a year release is happening right now, so maybe I'll jump on them and see if we can phil is already like i don't know if he told you he's oh yeah he was he was with uh uh mark harold and Christoph tassan this morning and Christoph was buying a ticket um and then you're gonna pour a uh, moon hollow grenache just so you know great <laughs> just and, let- and actually he wants to bring the cayman grenache too and so was, <laughs> let me know where to sign these checks and send them to <laughs> <laughs> That's the part of this, that the funniest thing about my dad. There's a lot of funny things. Um, but deals with on a regular basis, these giant, you know, seven figure contracts, 10, you know, eight figure contracts for wine, you know, vineyard developments and, and grape sales and all these things. Um, the actual, like, nuts and bolts of selling wine bottles and his no concept. No concept. <laughs> He's just going to show up there with this wine and expect yeah. that it's all gravy. <laughs> Great.
3: Uh, and that, honestly, that's what it's about for that dinner anyway. Yeah.
1: Uh, September 28th. Uh, Wednesday. Uh, yeah. Wednesday, September so Wednesday. 28th. Fairmont?
3: Yeah. Yeah. Yep, and only th- and only thirty seats. I'm not. I'm not yeah. gonna move it to a different location to squeeze more seats in or whatever. It's yep. yeah, it's be a good
1: one.
0: Yeah, right.
3: yeah
0: I'm not gonna be
1: there. Huh? <laughs> I can't make it. I gotta go to New York. Okay. So it'll be Phil on his own, which untethered. It's way more interesting for you guys. <laughs> Phil I, I don't know. <laughs> we have to send. We might have to send a photographer. <laughs> I'll be there. Are you gonna be around?
4: Yeah, Angie and I are gonna go. Okay. Okay, that's good. I get back that day from Modest Mouse tour, so I'll be a little wild-eyed, but I'll
3: be there. Did you say Modest Mouse tour? Yeah. Yes. Okay. <laughs> he's just gonna. F- sure he's just gonna correctly. float
1: on right in. <laughs> A-oh. A-oh. <laughs> had to get uh, one. We done. try to
0: avoid those. <laughs> 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 Any other song?
1: Well, Sam, have we covered everything? We've covered everything that I'm prepared to cover. Okay. Now this this will be. I might throw a couple extra addendums in the email, but this is. Um, this is the Hello. release. This, this is, is the release. release.
2: Yeah. All right. Well, it's a big one. It's
4: nice.
1: Yeah, I'm excited. Very complete. I got to go write the damn letter.
4: Very. good. That's easy now. Yeah. Now that you've <laughs> now said we it, talked about it, now oh, that I tasted them, is that a fall rosé release?
1: It's a fall rosé release.
3: Because,
1: oh. because why not? I don't think that's anything new for you guys. Right? No, it's totally. Yeah. That's totally. I've been doing that for the last few years. Yeah.
4: Is it an ageable rosé?
1: It's definitely ageable rosé. I also feel like, um, rosé, in the fall. With, you know, like, leading up to Thanksgiving I, I would say flavor. To say that 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 we think we live
4: somewhere now where it's not going to be 30 degrees in three weeks. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So. <laughs> right. But, I mean, think about, like,
1: a bowl of squash soup in this rosé. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah.
4: Right? I, I, like, I like older rosé. Be around. I think it's yeah, delicious.
1: Totally. So, no, so. nah, I... Um, I never keep it. Part of it
4: is... <laughs> I buy it and drink it. I, know. I mean, I will, yeah. but I really... So, the, the winery that I work for, I'll sit on our rosé for two years and then drink it. Right. I just... I just love it. Well, what Dude, what winery you do you work for? I work yeah, for it, uh, Smith Wines in Washington. It's we'll the next show.
3: next show. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah.
4: Which we should start.
3: Tease it. Tease it. Tease um, it. Next up. Yeah, next week. <laughs> I'm James listening. Listening. Joyner. <laughs> hey. um, I'm sitting Way on like in. three cases of Chamblue Rose 2019 that I think is just starting to drink really
2: yeah. good right now. Three cases of Chamblue? Chamblue, yeah. Nice. Funny.
4: Actually, I'm not going to tell the story. Never mind.
1: Save the story for the next episode. I'm just not going to tell it. Just don't sell it at all. Well, no. How's that for a tease? I'll tell it off the mic next week. <laughs> oh, okay. Don't hear the story that James is about to tell us. Uh, any quick shout-outs to wrap this one up?
3: Well, for you, if if people aren't wine club members, what the hell? You do? Get what are you of, doing if you're not a wine club member well, unless if you're this listening to this podcast? And then um, and you want to get a
1: hold call, of the wine call, lineup. call, call yeah. the ask email ask Sam, for Ask for Jasmine. Okay. <laughs> don't ask for me. um Email sam at winery16600.com. You actually Ah. can go to the website um, in its current edition, but the website's going to change any day. Um, For what? A new website. (laughs) (laughs) But currently, if you go onto the website, uh, there's a tab that says Phil sent me, and you can sign up for the six-bottle shipment, the 12-bottle shipment, or the random customized you-only-want-what-you-want shipment.
3: Um, And the Cabernet Franc is on the website, or that's something you have to ask. No, the Cabernet
1: Franc you have to ask for. Of course, I can't put the Cabernet. Of course, (laughs) definitely ask for (laughs) it. Definitely ask for the Cabernet. Right.
4: So I don't buy it all.
1: (laughs) Right. Yeah. (laughs) Keep James married. (laughs) Buy Cabernet before he can buy it all. All
2: right. Thanks everybody for listening. James, we'll talk to you in a little bit, and um, everybody enjoy. Thanks for listening. Talk to you next week. Thank you.
3: Thank you.